Welcome to another episode of Inside the Oval presented by Dignity Health. This week, I'm really excited to be joined by the 49ers Director of Community Relations, Stacy McCorkle. Stacy, thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. I think to start with, can you just tell us what being a Director of Community Relations entails? Well, it varies from team to team, but the primary role of a community relations director is to formulate the vision for the impact the team's players will have on their community. So my team works with nonprofit organizations, shelters, schools, military bases, hospitals, and other community-based organizations to create events and experiences that will allow our players to uplift and encourage vulnerable members of the community. Um, We try really hard to get to know uh, the players well enough so that we're able to connect them with the causes that they're passionate about, because that's where the magic really happens and where you get those magical moments um, when a player can draw upon their own experiences and change the life of someone in need of support. So in addition to working with the players, my team also runs the team's corporate citizenship program which deploys our staff members into the community to volunteer um, and the 49ers family program, which is set up to support the significant others and children of our players, coaches and executives. And then in terms of programming, I oversee uh, league wide programs, including the crucial catch presented by Dignity Health, Cancer Awareness Platform, the Salute to Service Military Appreciation Initiative, all social justice efforts and My Cause, My Cleats, which is a program that highlights the inspiring work nonprofits are accomplishing for causes that the players are most passionate about. For staff members, I know that you guys get us pretty involved with Community Day. Around the holidays, there are some events. What goes into creating events that you can have organization front office staff involved in, you can have players involved in? Are there any restrictions on what you guys have to plan for those events? So for our corporate citizenship program, where we are involving our staff, um, it's a lot looser. We have a lot more flexibility than we do with our players. Um, Our players' time is incredibly limited. You know, they only have one day off during the season when they're around. um, And that's when we tap them to do what we call our Community Tuesday events. Um, But with our staff, we have a little bit more flexibility. And a few years back, we kind of formalized a corporate citizenship program. And we host a couple different events for uh, staff that are large scale. We have a community day every June um, where it's a full front office staff event that we're, you know, getting hundreds of folks out to support the community. And then our Hope for the Holidays event, um, which is every December, um, we are tapping people to support there. But throughout the throughout the rest of the year, we have smaller events that are you know anywhere from ten to thirty people. That sometimes we're working with our corporate partners on projects or doing one-off things for shelters or schools or, or whatever it is, whatever organization we're working with. We have so much support and buy-in from our staff that it's, it's just been really incredible and a great addition to the organization, I think. And our uh, leadership team is so supportive of it that you know we now also provide up to 16 hours of paid volunteer time um, as part of this corporate citizenship program. So 
we are trying to reach the organizations that we may not be able to support through our Community Tuesday events um, with our staff. So it's just kind of another level of outreach that the organization can provide to the community that doesn't require you know players or big names, but um, our staff can be equally as effective. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, my entire sense of time for the calendar year is broken up into the season and the off season because a lot of what you do does deal with players and getting players in the community. Do you have to make any adjustments when the football season is over? We do. So in season and off season look drastically different for, uh, for my team and for me. During the season, our player events almost always fall on Tuesday. So like I mentioned, our, those Community Tuesday events, um, and that's a, their only day off. And then game days almost always fall on Sundays. So we get into a kind of rhythm um, to the season that feels a little bit more predictable and allows me to get into a groove of what I'm doing. But as soon as the season ends, we are evaluating how things went, talking to potential partners for the next season, planning for the next season supporting a lot of our nonprofit partners um, and events and fundraisers. And then, you know, of course, trying to get a little bit of vacation and family time in um, uh, while it's a little bit slower. Um, and then in terms of like the cadence of our events, instead of executing multiple events per week, the cadence of events slows down to about one every couple of weeks. So it's, it's still a lot. We're still out there doing a lot of things, but, um, you know, it's, it's a little slower. And then once the season is over, the players are scattering across the country to spend time with their friends and family and travel. So that's when our staff really gets involved and represents the Oval out in the community. But the off season goes by really quick. And before we know it, it's time for training camp. And then, you know, the intensity ramps up again. Yeah, every year you hit if you're lucky, Feb, like we were February, and you're like, oh, we have some months, and then all of a sudden, everyone's back. Yeah, well, with draft in April, you know, there's really not a lot of downtime. No. A lot of people who work in the sports industry tend to start in the industry and stay in it forever. Before coming to the 49ers specifically, you worked for multiple nonprofit organizations throughout the country. How does that experience inform your decisions in your role now? I am one of those people who starts working in sports and stays in sports forever. Um, (laughs) So I have actually been involved in sports since I was three years old when I started doing gymnastics. My first job, aside from babysitting, was working at the front desk at my gymnastics club when I was 14 and then coaching. In college, I worked for the sports marketing and promotions department and also as the student assistant for the athletic director. Right after college, I got my master's in sport management at the University of San Francisco before I interned with the San Jose Sharks. And then, you know, I took a little bit of a break um, from professional sports just because the opportunities weren't as, you know, plentiful in community relations at that time. 
So I went and worked for the San Jose Sports Authority, which is not the retail store, but the nonprofit sports marketing arm for the city of San Jose. And there I ran the community programs and played various roles for the premier sporting events that we were able to bring into the city of San Jose. Then I moved to New York and produced run, walk, and bike fundraising events for nonprofit clients for an agency in New York City. And then um, in the role prior to the 49ers, I was working for a nonprofit called Good Tidings Foundation, which partners with professional sports team and athletes to build youth athletic facilities in low-income communities. So it really has, you know, sports has been woven into my career and, and my whole life. But to answer your question, I think all of those experiences helped me to gain a broader understanding and, and appreciation for um, the industry as a whole. And because of what I learned from my nonprofit clients and when I worked directly for nonprofits, um, I think I can really relate to the nonprofits that we partner with and that we uh, work with throughout, throughout the year. I can, you know, I know firsthand how lean and scrappy you have to be, how few resources you have to work with, you know, the timing challenges and just all the challenges that many nonprofits are faced with. So I just have a different level of empathy and understanding for when we are crafting and ideating on events that we want to put on for them. Um, and then aside from that, I was able to gain experience hosting and producing events of all different sizes from 20 person events to, you know, shutting down all of Park Avenue in New York City for an event called Summer Streets. And all of those experiences helped me uh, just set me up for success as we host events here for, you know, as few as a single individual to a packed Levi Stadium. Over that time, have you seen the emphasis or the relationship between community relations and sports change or evolve at all? Definitely. You know, not to age myself, but it's been almost <laughs> two decades now that I have been involved in this type of work. And and I think, you know, 20 years ago, community relations and corporate social responsibility in general in business was a and, and more of a nice to have. And now it really is kind of mandatory. When employees are looking for a place to work, they want to know, and, and, and customers, you know, deciding where to spend their money, they want to know that they're sharing the values of the organizations and companies that they're supporting. Um, and with sports, I would say sports is more at the forefront of that. Uh, because the players and the teams do have such a unique platform um, that has been a priority for longer. Um, so it's really cool to see a lot of the different um, corporations and tech companies and, and so many businesses following that lead. But in terms of sports, I would say, you know, 20 years ago, there were maybe one to three positions, like three would be a large community relations department. And now, I mean, the Niners are most certainly one of the most involved and engaged teams um, when it comes to community impact. Um, I mean, we have four departments that are dedicated to serving the community. We have community relations. 
which my team uh, does. We have 49ers Prep, we have 49ers EDU, and we have the 49ers Foundation. Four departments within one sports team is completely unheard of. So it's pretty incredible to be, you know, a part of this team that where we have so much support and so much, there's such an emphasis placed on giving back to the community here. So that's been really great. So um, I think there has been a huge shift, not only um, in sports where, you know, we have increased um, the size of our, of our community teams to give back. But, uh, you know, I think it has impacted the way other corporations view community support as well. So it's very, it's a must have now. Yeah. And with that support from the top, this off season, the York family actually announced a million dollar grant to benefit organizations working to create societal change, which was an amazing step. Um, and something that I am very proud of to work in this organization and to have ownership that is in the community and does is trying to use their platform to better this country, this world. Why do you think it's important for now sports organizations to get involved in current issues? And as a part two to that, how did your team go about deciding the nine recipients? Because I think that's a really cool process from the start or for the, the, that announcement to that final announcement of the organizations who were going to be benefited by the grant, how that process all came about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a huge focus um, of our summer. You know, aside from um, the pandemic, you know, the world was really hurting this year um, and, and we're still trying to recover from it really. But, you know, one of the things that I think is so important to feel fulfilled in your work is working for a company whose values align with your own. So I, like you, feel incredibly fortunate to work for a company with owners and leadership who are not only willing to put in the time to create change, but also the money to support organizations who are doing that important work um, in the communities that need it most. I have been able to work on both of the million dollar social justice grants that the York family has committed to. The first one was in 2016 and then the second this past summer. And it's been a really incredible opportunity to help provide resources to some of the best organizations in the country that are working to end systemic racism. To answer your first question, one of the reasons I found myself drawn to working in sport is that it provides an incredible platform to address these critical issues facing the community. I would say the simplest example I can give is that I personally can encourage my Instagram followers to vote and, you know, maybe 400 people will see it. But a player like George Kittle or Jimmy G or Eric Armstead can post something and it will reach a million people. So, you know, as simple as that, that's, that's one way um, our, our, our athletes uh, are able to make a bigger impact, but kids are looking to athletes as their heroes. They try to dress like them, act like them, be like them. And it's really important that our players are great role models because there are so many people looking to emulate them. I have to say that my job has been relatively easy since John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan started with us four seasons ago because the players and the um, 
just the quality of human beings that uh, they are bringing into the team have been stellar, have been so excited to get involved and ex excited to be active in the community. And so that, you know, just makes my job so easy. Sports are really, it's a microcosm of society. And with players coming from all across the country, from all different upbringings, the players on a single team will experience so many different challenges. And social injustice is something that many of our players have firsthand experience with. Two thirds of our players are black. So, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it's important for us to be able to support our players in the areas that they're passionate about or affected by. And racial injustice is certainly at the top of that list. And in terms of the process for selecting our grantees for the million dollar grant, um, Michelle Beck from our CR team just worked incredibly hard and did an amazing job managing the application process. It happened very quickly. I think it was within a week of George Floyd's murder that Jed announced uh, the pledge to uh, donate $1 million for the cause. And just a couple weeks later, we opened up an application and um, there were so many qualified groups and it was really nearly impossible to select just nine organizations. But our first priority was just that we wanted to have a diverse group of voices heard from within the organization. So we rolled out an RFP, uh, which is a request for proposal, which we shared out publicly in early June just a few weeks after Jed made that pledge. And then for the first step, we had members of our community impact team and Black employee resource group called BUILD read all of the applications and then narrow the pool to about half or one third of the applicants. And then we had an executive advisory committee that included Hannah Gordon, from uh, who's our chief administrative officer and general counsel, Jenny Luke, who is our VP of community impact, Austin Moss, who is our director of player engagement, Justin Prettyman, the executive director of the 49ers Foundation, and then myself. And we uh, helped narrow the group down even further. And then the final step, which I thought was really cool, um, was the finalists each had the opportunity to give like a seven minute Shark Tank style Zoom pitch to our players. And that group included Eric Armstead, Solomon Thomas, Ben Garland, Dee Ford, and Lakin Tomlinson. So we received just so many incredible applications. And unfortunately, we couldn't support all of them. Um, but it was really encouraging and heartening to see how many effective organizations are out there working toward racial equity through the areas of criminal justice reform, police reform, uh, educational equity, and economic empowerment. Um, and then we've also already started working very closely with some of our grantees, including Operation Hope, that, and 100 Black Men of the Bay Area. So we're really excited about the work we're going to be able to accomplish working together as partners. And anything that we can do to amplify the incredible work that these organizations are doing is just going to be a win for everyone. And in supporting players, I know, I think the one that comes top of mind is the Armstead Academic Project, but how much of your job is also supporting players in their foundation's initiatives? I know we have a lot of players who are very passionate about 
making this world a better place. Yes, we have so many great players and so many players that started getting their experience just like I did as an athlete in college. Um, George Kittle was part of the Iowa football team that would wave to the children's hospital every game. Um, Eric Armstead is incredibly involved and forward thinking in the ways that he can personally help students maximize their education and set them up for as much success as possible. We have, uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is doing things to support different nonprofit organizations. Um, he just was selling uh, Jimmy G face masks to benefit City Team, which is an incredible organization here in the area. We love it when players come to us with their initiatives and their ideas or their foundation. Robbie Gold has a Golden Touch Foundation um, that he's been running for years and, uh, you know, serves so many different types of people. Any support that we can give to our players, you know, it, it's great for it's great for all of us. We love having leaders on the team that are leading by example and, you know, putting their walking the walk and talking the talk to give back to the community. They, we have a really group, a really great group, like I said, um, because of just the quality of human beings John and Kyle are bringing onto the team. So they definitely keep us busy, but we'll never turn down a player that wants to, you know, help people because that's what we're here to do. You know, in an ideal world, we wouldn't even need to plan anything because the players would have so many things. And that's the, that's the way it's trending right now. We have, you know, calls every week or so with a player who has an idea of how to how to help or, you know, how to encourage someone uh, or somebody that they want to work with. It's really it's really heartening to see how uh, the tide has kind of shifted from that, like, you know, stereotypical area player of decades past two players now like Richard Sherman, who, you know, he has his own foundation and he and his wife, Ashley, are doing incredible work, you know, like a full-time job on the side of this full-time job. That is, that's what we want. That's what we need. So we will certainly support anybody, any player who wants to do something. Yeah. It's been, it's been a really incredible shift over these last four years of, you know, that I've experienced personally with our players, the shift of how many more players want to participate um, than, like I said, in decades past. Yeah. To finish off, I want to try some quick hits. Um, we tried these with Nick Clark and they were not so quick, which is totally fine. <laughs> but um, to start with, I think my favorite memory of you, and it's, I wish it was more crystallized because we were on a bus in Miami somewhere and you had a very, very tiny baby. What was it like going to the Super Bowl with, I mean, a beautiful child, but a very young baby? And although the team didn't win, do you have a favorite memory from Miami? Well, thank you. That tiny baby is now nine months old. So still a tiny baby. (laughs) Still a tiny, but yeah, I mean, she was probably like eight pounds at that time because she was only six weeks old. 
Um, so she was very, very tiny. And now she is, I don't know, 18 and a half pounds. We just, we just had her check up. But um, yeah, my husband and I brought our two daughters along with us on the trip. Uh, but we really could only do it with the help of our, of, with my parents um, who flew out with us. That's about what it requires to adult for one child. Um, and it was still a lot of work. And I don't know if I would recommend it. Um, but it was an incredibly special experience. And, you know, only my husband and I were able to go to the game. But it was just an amazing experience and opportunity to have my kids and parents there. They have all been so supportive of my career and just such a big reason why I'm able to do the work that I that I do. And it only felt right to have them experience, you know, all the other festivities with me, all of the other events that the York so generously um, hosted us for. Um, you know, I think they really felt the 49ers family like we all do every day at work, but they felt like they were a part of it. So that was really special. And I have so many memories, so many incredible memories from the trip, but I think my favorite part was the 49 tailgate right before the game. It was just such a dream come true to make it to the Super Bowl. And last year was my sixth season with the team. So to be there with all of our coworkers, having, you know, being on the bus with you and on the planes and just everybody who had been a part of the team's success, you know, behind the scenes. We all know there are so many people behind the scenes that help to get a team to where they are and just working day in and day out with all of you and being through, you know, going through the ups and downs with the team. It just meant so much. And it felt so much like a big family celebration to be there. And there was so much anticipation and hope that the whole thing felt surreal. And it went by so fast, but it was so thrilling. And I'll never forget that. Yeah, that was my favorite part was being with there with everyone. Mm -hmm. We went to like multiple events. But even just walking around Miami, you would see someone else who works in the front office. And there was just this sense of immense pride and community that was there. So that was, I mean, that was what I'll remember forever from that trip. Definitely. I, I, there's something about even just being in another city with people that you normally only see in one place. You normally only see them in the office, but to be in another city, it's like a stronger bond that, that you built. To close out, on every job listing, there's that ominous other duties as assigned bullet point. Mine is running a podcast. Do you have anything you do now or have had to do that you weren't expecting? There's probably so many that, you know, in this job that, that I've done. But the one that always sticks out to me the most, like, because it definitely wasn't something that I, like, signed up for. <laughs> when I was working in New York City, um, most of my clients were nonprofit organizations, but I also had some um, television networks as clients. And I was running a B2B program for the show America's Cutest Puppies. And we did this stunt where we had 20 puppies from a shelter that were in a glass truck on the streets of New York City. And 
you know, we were trying to draw people to the truck, which was not hard because there's a bunch of cute puppies. But what we didn't prepare for was that like little puppies poop a lot. Mm, yeah. And so my boss and I were, uh, you know, running around the truck frantically trying to pick up all of the poop that the the puppies were pooping and then, you know, <laughs> eat poop. So we're trying to pick up the poop before the other puppies would eat it. And it was just one of those life moments where you think about your decisions in life and <laughs> question, <laughs> question everything you've ever done to get there. But um, that was, you know, probably one of the most memorable moments of uh, my career. <laughs> Sorry for that. Because we can't close out with poop. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite event or project you've worked on as a member of the 49ers? Yes. I have a couple that stand out in my mind. Um, last year, Liz Malera from the CR team led a graduation celebration for Santa Clara County Foster Youth. Um, and Dre Greenlaw had, uh, he, he grew up in foster in the foster system and had just started with the team. And he just gave the most heartfelt and inspiring speech, which the students who had overcome so many odds to graduate um, could really relate to. And and they were just so in awe of even just being in the stadium and, and you could feel how proud they were to be there. And that was just a really proud and memorable moment for me and, and for our whole team because um, you know, we were so inspired by those students and, and everything that they have had to go through to make it to graduation. So that was definitely one of my favorites. And then my other favorite would be the first Crucial Catch Fashion Show event that Sia Lindsay planned a few years ago. And uh, we paired about 30 cancer warriors with players and we told their cancer story as they walked down the runway in their Levi's outfits. And it was just so inspiring and uplifting to celebrate. You know, some of them were children and other were adults who had been through so much and seeing them walk down the runway with this confidence because they had all been, you know, glammed up by a bunch of, uh, you know, volunteers who styled them and did their hair and makeup. And the crowd was just going wild for every single one of them. And there wasn't a dry eye in the room. We've done a full team surprise for a six-year-old with a brain tumor. There's so many more. And that's why I think, you know, I'm biased, but I think my job is just one of the best in sports because I get to be so close to so many of those um, special moments. So I have way too many to list, but those would be at the top. Stacey, I would like to thank you for coming on this podcast. I am not the only person who would say this, but I think you are truly a remarkable woman to look up to in this industry. You're an incredible coworker, mother, boss, really human being. So thank you for this. Thank you for everything that you do. Oh, that means so much to me, Haley. Um, and, and you know, right back at you because so much of what we do, 
you know, doesn't happen without people like you who are amplifying these stories and sharing them with the world. And so, you know, right back at you, I want to thank you for all the incredible work that you do and your team. And you're just always so supportive of what we do and always willing to, you know, do whatever we need to help as many people as possible. So you're, you are part of our CR team. Wow. Thank you. That means a lot. I am going to go put honorary CR member on my resume now. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Please do.